Hey, it's Kathy. I just want to let you know that I'm doing a free five-day workshop. It's called the Abundance Activation Challenge, and it starts today. And it's not too late for you to join us. Today is the last day to join. Go to kathyheller.com slash five day to sign up. The pre-party has been happening and it's been such a blast. There's so many high vibe women in there who are ready to call in more abundance. I know that you will love that you showed up for this. I'll be live at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 noon Eastern every day this week, teaching you how to become a master manifester. You are just going to have the best time. If you want to join us, sign up at kathyheller.com slash five day. Start with what you have, start with your skills, start with one customer. I believe that the opposite of depression, it's not happiness, it's purpose. I believe that every single person has something unique to contribute to the world. And that's why I wanted to create a show called Don't Keep Your Day Job. Don't Keep Your Day Job is about figuring out what it is that you were here to do in this world that only you can do to make the world more whole, more beautiful, and to stop selling yourself short and to stop sitting it out and to figure out how to take this thing you love, whether it's art or music or screenwriting or dance or baking, and how do you weave this thing that you love into a life that you get to contribute, that you get to do what you love full time because it's not just about business. It's about contribution. It's about meaning. That is what we seek. That is what we truly want. And you absolutely are here to serve the world. And I want to help you figure out just how much value you have inside of you. And every single week, we're going to be talking to people who have something to add to help you get out of your own way, to help you be more successful, to help you be the truest expression of you. My name is Kathy Heller. I'm so glad that you're here. Let's dive in. Thanks to Orate. Orate is jewelry made in New York City. Orate is jewelry for life in every sense of the word. For 15% off your first Orate purchase, go to oratenewyork.com slash dreamjob and use promo code dreamjob. Also, thanks to Skillshare. This holiday season, get creative and learn how to make the perfect handmade gift with Skillshare's online classes. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people. Explore your creativity at skillshare.com slash dayjob and get a free trial of premium membership. We're also supported by Indeed. This year has challenged businesses across the globe to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help you finish 2020 strong. Indeed, the number one job site in the world. Get a free $75 credit at indeed.com slash dreamjob. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. And thanks to Headspace. Life can be stressful even under normal circumstances, and 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. For a free one-month trial, go to headspace.com slash dreamjob. Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So I hope that you guys had a good weekend. I'll tell you three random things about my weekend. Number one, we put up holiday lights in front of the house, including a blow up light up elf, like the Will Ferrell elf. And it makes me happy. And you know, I'm Jewish. We've never put up holiday lights, but I love me some holiday lights. And this year, because of COVID and because we're not having a single holiday party and we are not traveling, I was like, you know what? We need to do some extra here. And I'm loving these lights. And I think that I'm going to be one of those dorky people that wants to keep them up a long time. So that's one of my three things. Second thing is last night I was singing Christmas songs, sticking with the holiday theme. I was singing Christmas songs on my Instagram stories and I was singing a version of Noel, which I love. And I tagged Clay Aiken from American Idol in the story. Now, how many times do you tag someone, but you don't really think that they're going to see it? You're just like tagging them because you talked about them. Then I'm in my DMs and I'm like, oh, he saw it. He saw me singing his song in my kitchen, just whatever. And so I reached out and I was like, dude, 
You are my favorite American Idol in the whole history of American Idol. I love your heart. I love your voice. You should come on the show. So I'll keep you posted. But just note to self, if you're going to sing in the kitchen, you might have that person then watching you. So, okay. Make sure there's no food in your teeth or anything like that. Third thing is I decided this weekend that I was going to do something different instead of having expectations. And instead of looking at my husband and being like, what are the plans? What are we doing? I just decided to not expect anything and to make my own happiness. And I'm not that good at relaxing. I'm really good at like doing and working and creating. And so I just enjoyed relaxing and I haven't really been such a TV watcher in the last 12 years. I watched Sugar Rush with my friend Candace Nelson, adorable, watched it with my daughters. They loved it. And we watched a few episodes and then we watched this new thing, Studio McGee, this like, do you know her? Shay and Sid McGee, they used to live in California. Now they flip homes. And so it's called Dream Home Makeover. Adorable, loved it. I want to have her on the show too. And then I took the kids out on Sunday and really just couldn't believe I came home. My husband had cleaned the entire house without me asking I think this whole thing about like no expectations and like make your own happiness is the key to everything we've all ever wanted. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Now today's interview, I interviewed this woman, Emma Isaacs, and I have not stopped talking about her to my friends and family. And I've also mentioned her already in my Instagram stories. I mentioned her to our made to do this students. She is so inspiring. She's like my new favorite person. I want to be her. Okay, so she's the founder and global CEO of Business Chicks, and she's a best-selling author. It is unbelievable what she's built. Business Chicks is a membership, and it has become a huge, thriving global community of over 500,000 women. It operates in 11 cities across two continents and produces more than 150 events a year with speakers like Sarah Jessica Parker, Kate Hudson, Ariana Huffington, Richard Branson, Emma is amazing. Her new book is called Winging It, Stop Thinking and Start Doing. Why Action Beats Planning Every Time. So good. This is an incredible book. It's going to give you the push to do the things. And you will do the things that scare you. You'll build your wealth. You'll make an impact. And even if you fail a little bit, you're going to get up and try again. I am so grateful to have this book on my bookshelf. And you guys need to go get yourself a copy right after you listen to this conversation. If it wasn't enough that Emma is so unbelievably awesome and cool and smart and fierce. She's also a mother of six children under the age of 11. Her youngest is five months old. Plus she's done all these home births. You can actually see them. She's videotaped them, put them out there so that she can inspire women to do these home births. On top of that, she's a committed philanthropist. She's raised over $13 million for charities. Honestly, she's something else. So without further ado, please welcome the Extra Extraordinary. Emma Isaacs. Hi, Emma. Hi, it's great to be here. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm really happy to connect. Everywhere I look, my friends are holding up this book. (laughs) So good. (laughs) So good. Winging it. But before we get into your, where you're at right now, I think it's cool to hear your transformation story. So maybe you can talk about where you were before you created Business Chicks and before you wrote your book and, and everything and sort of like how you got to do all that. Yeah. Okay. Let's do that. So you can hear from my accent that I'm Australian originally, uh, moved to California five years ago, which has been a beautiful, beautiful move for our family. I started off as an entrepreneur. My very, very first gig was in my own company when I was 18 years old. So I have been an entrepreneur for my entire career, which has been 
you know, hugely, I suppose, transformational, if you like, from my childhood to now, but it's been um, where I've learned everything about myself and obviously everything about business. And when you have never been reliant on a paycheck, it causes you to, you know, I don't like this word, but it causes you to hustle, it causes you to reinvent, it causes you to innovate, it causes you to create and to build. So I've always been someone who has been, uh, you know, trying to make things up and definitely on the fly. And that's where the winging it kind of philosophy comes from. But I went to university, I lasted for six months. It just was not going fast enough for me. I'm someone who likes to kind of get my hands dirty, roll my sleeves up, get into action. So I dropped out of uni, much to my parents' horror and dismay, bought into a little company when I was 18 years old. Um, it was a staffing agency. So we put temporary and permanent staff into different businesses. Hugely foundational experience for me because obviously as a kid, you know nothing about anything and you're kidding yourself if you do. So really got my start in customer service and client management and finances, like marketing, branding across the board in that company. Had that business for seven years before exiting out, selling those shares back to my business partner. Um, when someone invited me along to a business chicks event <laughs> and my, my first initial reaction to that was that that's the worst company name I've ever heard <laughs> in my life. <laughs> it's insulting. It's degrading. <laughs> I'm like, you know, I'm a serious entrepreneur. I'm a businesswoman. I'm a feminist, right? I'm not going for that thing. And, and she's like, you need to get over yourself and just come along because it's quite special. So went along to that event, really fell head over heels in love with the entire vibe. It was just really high energy, beautifully produced, incredible women that had attracted really high caliber. Went back to my original business, the recruitment company and said, everyone become a member of Business Chicks now. It's the most phenomenal thing. Got them all signed up. Um, We bought three tables at the next event. And at that event, I learned that the business was for sale. So I was 25 at the time. Again, no experience of running a membership organization, no experience of producing an event, but I just, you know, dropped down into how it felt and, you know, ran up to the lady at the end and said, Hey, what is this? Can I talk to you? And six months later, you know, I'd signed the term sheet and, and, and bought the business. Um, so yeah, we're celebrating our 15th year in business this year. Um, we started off with 200 members. We now reach over 500,000 women across the globe. It's been an extraordinary growth story. We've been profitable every single year and have grown our top line and bottom line every single year. We pre-COVID used to produce about 110 live events. So with speakers like Sir Richard Branson, look at your face, Richard Branson, Ariana Huffington, Jess, Sarah Jessica Parker, Brene Brown, Oh, Seth Godin, your mate. There's been thousands of speakers that we've worked alongside. So we've obviously had to completely reimagine life this year. But yeah, it's 15 years in now, Kathy, and I, I, I'm still pumped. Like I love, I absolutely love what I do, and I, it's, it's an extraordinary, you know, privilege that I get to do this work. Um, it, yeah, the word extraordinary will have to do, but it's beyond. In fact. Everywhere I look, there are people in our community who are realizing, especially now with COVID, I want to create something online and memberships is so top of mind. It's like, oh my God, I could just create a community of crafters. I could create a community of people who want to eat better. I could, it's unbelievable. And what do we want in this world? Connection. What do we want is intimacy. And so not only have you done it, but you've, you've really done it beyond anything I could even imagine. 
Thank you. But I, I think we did it by accident. You know, 15 years ago when I bought the business and it was, you know, so, so small, you know, I really interrogated the business model and knew somehow that we have to diversify and make sure we had several different revenue streams. And of course, membership was one of those that we really dialed up early in, in the game. So we were commercializing community before community was even a buzzword. We didn't even call it that. We just sort of said, do you want to be a member? And people went, yeah, sure. We like what you're up to here. And you you seem to be doing interesting things all the time. And we want a piece of that. So we were doing it 15 years ago. And we've certainly learned a thing or two about how to build community. And, you know, like, thank God we did it kind of back then. It was just, again, a, a strike of luck. I don't know. But we, we were very, very early to the game um, before it was even a thing. So we're, we're grateful for that. But, yeah, it's a great business model for anyone wanting to, you know, turn on the annuity income stream, right? Like we make money through the events that we run. So that's our project income that we, you know, can do 110 times a year. And some of our events have 5,000 women and a few good men there. And we have so many different event types. Um, But, you know, membership is something that ticks over every single day. You can look in your bank account and see that however many people have joined. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a great idea if it can suit your business for sure. So do you have right now an online component of that membership where people come together and connect? Yeah, 100%. So how that looked for us pre-pandemic, we were producing online masterclasses um, really only kind of, I think, three or four a month. So it was it was pretty light on, but we were certainly um, doing that to a point. But when the pandemic hit, we really dialed that up and we were first out of the um, blocks just to get a huge digital suburb up and, you know, marketing, marketed if you like. And for the last, you know, eight or so months, we've been producing three masterclasses or digital Amazing. events online. So it's a huge machine right that that goes into that we have about eight or nine people in an events team that are constantly curating content and looking for a talent and you know trying to establish a program so yeah it's been a really big part of our last our 2020 really so you have business chicks but then you have business chicks premium memberships so are they both memberships is one just a premium level or is one just a free community and one is a paid membership. Yeah. Yeah. The latter. So we, we call, um, you know, you're a subscriber, you can receive our newsletters and some content, but yeah, the, there's a premium model where you pay, um, I think it's like $99 in the States. So, and different costs around the world, but yeah, $99 for the month or for the year. No, it's cheap. It's for the, for the year. Guys (laughs) don't walk, run, (laughs) run. How many people are in that premium membership? I I honestly could thousands. thousands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, So we're gonna get into this amazing book in one second. But since this is such a topic, and this will make this episode so shareable because it's the question that comes up seriously every second. How do you grow a membership? How do you create community? You took a business from two hundred humans and five hundred thousand people later, right? This is where you're sitting. That's Herculean. It's unbelievable. What have you learned along the way that people could take a bite from and say, okay, I do want to create something for vegans. I do want to create something for moms that like yoga. What the heck do I do? Where do I start? Give me three steps. Yeah. Here's the thing. You start with one. You start with one person, you start with one customer. So I never started out thinking, oh, I want to have half a million, a million members. That was never, ever my vision. It was like, I want to start with one. So I started with one member and I invested in that relationship and I really honed the offering and tested it and made mistakes and changed it up and got the next person. So 
really I think where a lot of people go wrong is they attach to a number or they attach to an outcome or they attach to a vision, which we all need to have, right? We all, you have a vision for your life. I have a vision for my life. But if you attach to how do I get 500,000 members, you're going to come undone really, really quickly, right? You're going to lose steam. You're going to understand we're doing this for 15 years, right? So you start with one person, you start with one offering, you start learning there. Um, We've had members who have been with us for the whole 15 years. And the, the only way that I've been able to keep them sticky to our business and keep them as magnets to our business is to be investing in them all the time. And I've had to make sure that our offering is reimagined and reinvented all the time. I'm always thinking, what's the next purchase that our members are going to make, right? And it's different sales pipeline for every single person, but I'm always thinking about, okay, so Kathy's a member, what's she going to want next, right? So really trying to think of a sales pipeline, you should be thinking of a community pipeline in the same way. So that's one thing. You know, I suppose it's about this. It's about what's going to differentiate you to other places. What's going to be your uniqueness? What's going to be, what can you dial up or amplify that is so uniquely you that can people will be attracted to, right? And I, I see a lot of people doing this wrong. So they look sideways and they're like, oh, what is, what are they doing? What's, he, what's she doing? What's he doing? And let me try to do that. Look within, look at what you have to offer that, you know, it might be your enthusiasm. It might be your business smarts and whatever that is. It might be, you know, your vegan recipes, whatever that is. Amplify that, start with that and start there. That's it's as simple as that. So instead of attaching to a number, instead of attaching to a future, start with what you have, start with your skills, start with one customer. And just being ahead of the game, being ahead of what people want, right? But also you've got to you've got to have that kind of you know visionary mindset to be able to see what's coming up next and how you might be able to serve others. So yeah, very helpful. One of the things that the piggybacks on what you're saying that I see a lot is that there's a tremendous amount of resistance in putting out the offer. When you said lean into whatever makes you unique, I think what a lot of people do is they they feel disempowered because they feel like a fraud. There's so much imposter syndrome. There's so much, who am I to do this? And there's no doubt that there are other memberships like Business Chicks. There's other podcasts like this one, right? (laughs) I mean, there's other books that have a similar message, right? But you did it anyway. So how do you help a person to feel welcome to put an offer out and not just have something to say, but be willing to get paid to do something when it feels like I feel disgusting that I would ask to be paid when I don't believe in the deepest way in my strength, right? Yeah. It's a big one. It's a really big question. It's something that I have had to work on my entire life. Like it's not as if I was born with a huge amount of confidence and uh, went forth, you know, it's something that you've got to really practice over and over and over this idea of cultivating confidence or this idea of putting yourself out there. I mean, how have I done it? My lived experience has been working with a coach where I go every single week, just, you know, virtually. And I talk about my self-limiting beliefs and, and you unpack that and you work out why are you thinking that way? And what, what is that from? So if you can go, and try and invest in yourself and, and why you have these, you know, limiting beliefs or mindset that, that certainly helped me. Um, I mean, I have definitely suffered and continue to suffer with imposter syndrome, but, you know, I try and lessen the amount of time I spend in imposter syndrome because it really doesn't serve anyone to, to stay inert or stuck in that feeling. So I really just try and talk myself out of it every single time. And, you know, I anchor myself in some experiences that I've had in the past. Like, you know, if I believe that I'm successful doing this then I must be successful in that, as you said, just then in that question, none of this is new. It's just timeless age old principles of backing ourselves into opportunities and trying 
trying to talk ourselves into situations. And when you start to believe it and when you can show up as someone who is enthusiastic and wants to serve and has your ethics in the right place and, you know, is hell-bent on giving value, then people will start to, you know, they'll start to feel that. You can't fake that. You know, like I was trying to be authentic before authentic was even a marketing term, right? It's about, again, knowing who you are, knowing what you stand for, knowing that you're not here to be liked by everyone. And that's totally okay as well. I I think a mistake that a lot of entrepreneurs make is, um, you know, falling off their perch, if you like, when someone doesn't buy from them. You know, you need to understand that you're not going to be liked by everyone and you're not going to be for everyone. And that is absolutely fine. You just keep going until you find your people, you find, you know, the people who believe in the same things that you believe and and you dial that up. That's kind of all there is. There's no like secret to all this. Mm. This conversation is so amazing, but before we keep going, let's just thank our sponsors. How cool would it be if there was a pocket-sized guide to help us sleep, focus, and be better? Well, let me introduce you to Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations and an easy-to-use app. It's one of the only meditation apps advancing the field of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. And it's amazing because they have tons of different meditations to help if you're feeling overwhelmed, stressed, if you can't sleep, or even if you want to do a morning meditation with your kids. It's also great if you just want to improve your overall sense of well-being. Headspace is backed by 25 published studies on its benefits, 600,000 five-star reviews, and over 60 million downloads. What I really love is that it makes it easy for you to build a life-changing meditation practice with mindfulness that works for you on your schedule. It's been helping me with my sleep, which I definitely need because lately my daughter has been waking me up in the middle of the night. So at least with Headspace, I can set myself up to get a better night's rest on those nights when I'm not interrupted by my four-year-old yelling at me, Kathy Heller. I can't tell you how much meditation has transformed my life though. I feel so much more at ease. You deserve to feel happier and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash dreamjob. That's headspace.com slash dreamjob for a free one month trial with access to Headspace's full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash dreamjob today and get a free one month trial. 2020 is almost over and I think it's safe to say this year has really reshaped how we work. Businesses across the globe have been challenged to their most efficient, which means every hire is critical and Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world with more total visits than any other job site according to Comscore. With Indeed, you can find quality candidates quickly so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business thriving. You get full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. Plus, you only pay for what you need. You can pause your account anytime and there are no long-term contracts. With Indeed, there's no waiting for real results. According to Indeed data, more than 80% of employers get a list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match their job criteria the moment they post a sponsored job. Over 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed and 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month. So it's clear Indeed can help you get the quality hire you need. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash DreamJob. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash DreamJob job. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. You care so much about helping people through this, that you wrote this beautiful book, Winging It. So what is it that you were hoping if you could boil it down, that people would walk away with from reading this book? You know, I really hope that people walk away inspired to do the thing, whatever that thing is for them, right? I mean, that book has a bunch of tips on time management and productivity. It has a bunch of tips on managing finances, of starting companies, of building relationships, of, you know, calling systemic 
sexism out and, and stuff like that. There's, there's so many experiences and stories packed into that one little book. But ultimately what I hope people walk away from is, you know, thinking anything is possible for themselves and they just have to start. And, again, not a revolutionary idea but something, a philosophy or a theme that has served me in my life. You know, I moved from another country with four young children in tow. I've started businesses without knowing what I'm going to do. I bought my first property when I was 19. I didn't know how to do that, but I've just walked into situations where I haven't known what's going on, asked a million questions, and then somehow figured it out. And I believe that's possible for everyone. I really, really do. You know, the biggest thing that this is addressing and people are so afraid of it is, is failing, right? So people Mm. do not want to wing it. They don't want to start unless they know for certain that what they're going to put out, everyone's going to buy it on Etsy or the post is going to go viral. And if it's not, (laughs) it's like, we have so much shame around not doing it perfectly the first time or the fifth time or whatever it is. So how do you help people who are really needing everything to be figured out first? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm definitely a recovering perfectionist. You know, I spent, I'm the eldest of three kids. I'm very alpha. I like to win. I only, I used to only do things that I knew I was going to win at. Like I did competitive sport my entire childhood and, you know, I'm, I just have that sort of ambition or determination in me. So that's both a blessing and a curse because it sets you up to think, you know, you should only attempt the thing that you know you're going to win at. And I think, again, it comes back to this this idea of practicing. You know, I mean, some of the people that I've been able to work alongside for the past 15 years, I've been in such a privileged position of watching how they go about life and they go about starting things and they go about, you know, whether it's scaling companies or writing books or whatever it is. And, you know, Richard Branson is one of my personal mentors and I'm very grateful for a lot of the lessons he's taught me. And, you know, I talk about in the book as well, like he he starts companies knowing full well that a lot of them are going to fall on their face. Like he's, he's just really gotten clear that, you know, you've, you've got to, you've got to take the shot, right? So of the hundred that he attempts, he knows full well that, I don't know the number, but 30 or 40 are going to not work. So if you can try and cultivate that, and I just say, it's really about practicing. It's just about, you know, practicing over and over and over and saying, oh, well, that one didn't work. Oh, that one didn't work. Try again. Yeah. That one didn't work. And that's just, that's the way I've done it, you know, and it's not to say I enjoy failure. I, it sucks. It's so hard, but I truly believe the world's most successful people just learn to get up a lot quicker than the rest of us. And they, they go again and again, no silver bullet, no secret recipe. It's so here. true. The beauty is in the attempt, right? It's in the attempt. It's not in the outcome. It's so true. I was reading Seth Godin's new book is called The Practice. It's just being in the practice of doing this work. And it's not about, you don't, he says, you don't play catch with your five-year-old kid outside because you're trying to win. Yeah. (laughs) Doing it because you're playing catch, right? It's a process. So in the book, there's so much good, beautiful content, but I want to pull out a couple of things. Uh, One of the chapters is really hits it on the head. You say money is not a dirty word. And I wanted you to dive into it a little because it's for sure a button for people and they feel guilty Mm. for wanting to make money or for asking to be paid. And I really think we need to unpack that a lot and change the conversation about it. So what, what do you mean that money's not a dirty word? So if not, then what is it? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for asking that question. It's it's a topic that I love talking about. And I believe everyone is both worthy and capable of achieving financial independence or wealth or whatever it is you put your mind to, right? So 
I suppose these learnings and the stories I tell in the book come from my childhood because I come from a beautiful, beautiful family. My parents are still together. Um, I'm eldest of three kids. We're a very close-knit family. But our story around money was that rich people were greedy and bad and, you know, you didn't need anything apart from God and, you know, each other, which which is wonderful and well-meaning and beautiful, but it has you kept in, not poverty, but, you know, in, in your yep. little square, right? So. Then I started to, in my teenage years, my dad lost his job and started getting interested in multi-level marketing schemes and entrepreneurship in various forms. And so as a result of that, we had all the um, greats like, you know, Tony Robbins and Napoleon Hill and Jim Collins. Like he would be driving me to a basketball game. I'd be listening to all these people, you know, on the cassette in the the car. And so I started to get really interested in personal development and and self-help and all these these different people. And what I really learned, you know, when it comes down to it is that they were self-made and it's possible for all of us, right? So I started to educate myself. And as a result, as I said, I bought my bought into my first company at the age of 18. I bought my first property when I was 19. You know, I set myself a goal to buy 10 investment properties as quickly as I could after I bought that first one. I did that less than a decade later. And I've just been obsessed with getting my money story right. And not for any reason that I like money apart from it gives you a huge amount of freedom, it gives you a huge amount of control, it gives you opportunities to do so many incredible things, you know, investing in other people, it gives you opportunities, gives you convenience, you know, like if you miss a flight, you can afford and not have stress around getting on the next flight or, you know, flying first or business, you know, it just gives you convenience and it gives you, you know, I, I have been financially stressed in the past. It's not a nice way to live, you know. So I've really, really, really tried to work hard on that. I've tried to work hard on my money story, my financial mindset. I've tried to attract role models into my life and mentors that have figured this stuff out. And I'm not scared to ask the questions, you know. And I think it's that nonstop and never-ending curiosity and not being ashamed of not having the answers that is a great recipe for building wealth or getting yourself into financial independence. So I'm always, 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 how can I do this better? How can I do more? You know, I'm asking my accountants, I'm asking my CFO, what are we missing here? How do they do it? And again, just that constant questioning and curiosity, that's certainly been a way I've been able to do it. That's so awesome. I love the idea that like anybody can be self-made. I think that that's part of the abundance mindset. I think a lot of people believe there's a lot of scarcity and they focus on like, nobody has the money. So who am I to sell something? How could I charge for a membership? People are broke. Yeah. yeah. What do you say to that? It's so true. You know, I mean, I even look into my my team is mostly remote now and, you know, we're back in Australia. um, They're coming out of lockdown and they've handled the pandemic really beautifully. So they're going back to live events. And obviously there's a bit of, you know, people a little bit resistant to go into large crowds, even though there's zero cases and they've done really, really well. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's so different to here, let me tell you, but there's a bit of a resistance to return to life, you know, as it were. And so, you know, I'm watching the team, have these conversations and I'm really trying to encourage them to think, Hey, you know, like, let's not let that cloud the energy of this experience. You know, let's go forth with all the, I don't know, the chutzpah or the, like, let's just put the energy into it. Let's just like give it the force it deserves and, and let it surprise us. Right. Rather than kind of going, Oh, this can't work. Oh, people don't want to do that. Oh, people aren't ready. You know, it's, I just won't have it be that way. I won't allow it. You know, I think as leaders, if anything, we have to be radically optimistic and we have to give hope and we have to create a different future and imagine a different world. And whether that's talking with your people, whether that's talking with your community or whether it's talking with 
you know, customers. It's like it's up to us to imagine that and then to paint that picture of how it can be rather than it's probably not going to work. It's probably like I just I don't know people like that. It's a dead end. Run away from people like that. I repel. Um, And it's not to say that you're unrealistic or utopian or, or or silly, but I find that when you do show up and you are enthusiastic and you are optimistic, then that it's kind of a universal law. You kind of kind of get returned to you. I don't know if you believe that, but it's oh yeah, absolutely. You talk about how it's so important. Obviously, we we said it in the byline of the book is why action beats planning every time. And you talk about just starting. And I think a lot of people, they don't know where to start. And, and sometimes that's really an excuse for I'm scared, right? But if you were going to say where to start, would you say create a podcast? Would you say start posting on Instagram? Would you say host an event? Would you say build a membership? Would you say call a friend? Like, where would you say to start? I always advocate for trying to get a paying customer as quickly as possible, right? So, you know, a lot of people don't do that. They think, okay, I've got to get my brand perfect on Instagram. I've got to get my website perfect. I've got to get my business card. It's like, I, don't, I haven't had a business card in, I don't know, eight or Same. 10 years. Like it doesn't, has not helped me back, right? So it's one of our core values at Business Chicks in our internal company is to do the right work. And for me, do the right work means getting a paying customer and then getting another paying customer. So let all the other stuff It'll be there in six months or seven months, right? That, that'll come, but get the paying customer, get the paying member, start the whatever. So that is my lived experience. That's the way I've been able to do it. And then once you're on your way and you have the time and you have a bit more money and you've built an infrastructure around you, then you can do all these amazing things like you do, you know, writing books and podcasts and all that sort of stuff, you know, and, and once you've established yourself, you're able, to, you're able to do that. But by my way of thinking, a lot of people get that wrong. They start with the wrong activity and, you know, they're at that for two or three years and they're like, but I'm not making any money. It's like, yeah, because you're doing the wrong stuff. Yeah. I just love how bold you are and how clear you are. It's like, get the paying customer. So I think Mm -hmm. a lot of people struggle with like, well, what am I supposed to offer? And what am I supposed to charge? Mm -hmm. Would you say, make it up? Would you say, take a look at the marketplace and what are they charging? I mean, and then it's so scary. It's like, how do I go do it? So what would you say to do? Yeah. I mean, I think people start companies or businesses or ideas so attached to an outcome, right? They want to be the next Airbnb. They want to be the next Uber of, right? Instead of just kind of going, okay, what do I what do I have available to me here, right? Like, do I have any level of audience? Do I have any level of skill? Do I have any level of resource? Like, what is that thing, right? I never started out going, I want to have a recruitment company. And then I went after the recruitment company. You know, I let kind of, again, it sounds a bit woo-woo, but you let fate kind of dictate a few of those things. You have a conversation, then you're having conversation. Then again, you get a paying customer. And before you know it, you're seven years in and 40 people and that can happen. That happened to me, right? I never knew I wanted to run a community that was never in my future. So I think what I see a lot of people doing is attaching to what that thing is rather than just falling over. Okay, let me try that. Let me try that. That wasn't it. Okay, let me try this. Let me try it for a little bit. That wasn't it. Okay, let me try something else again. So it all comes back to this idea. And again, not revolutionary people, not revolutionary, but it is just in the doing. That's where you will find the answers and you'll find the courage. So, you know, I don't even care if you tell anyone about it. Like just if you're so scared of fear, like maybe just don't tell anyone, just go about your business and stumble into whatever it is you're meant to be doing. But I think you find that. I mean, I certainly found that from all the successful people that I've worked alongside. They never started out like Richard Branson didn't start out wanting to have airlines or cola businesses or bridal companies or spacecraft 
exploratory businesses you know it's he didn't start out like that he just started out with a little student newspaper and then a record store and one foot in front of another that's no no magic really it's really truly like life-giving what you just said I'm definitely going to repeat it it's really (laughs) really good in this book there's a lot and yet there's a theme which comes up quite often which is about people the people equation is what you call it but there's lots of talk about cultivating relationships. So why is that so essential and how do we do it well? Yeah. So, I mean, I think if I know anything about anything, (laughs) I think I know about people and culture. So culture has always been super important in the companies that I've owned and scaled. So, you know, my first ever employee at Business Chicks is still with me 15 years in. Um, That's amazing. She's phenomenal. You know, we talk every day. She's amazing. My CEO in my business was with me in my first company, like, 20 years ago and she was there for three or four years left to go somewhere else came into business chicks when I bought it was there for four or five years left to go somewhere else came back into the CEO role and she's been there for five years so I think these experiences might tell you something about how we try and treat people and how we try yeah you know stay ahead of the game so people are everything to me and I think, you know, that's a beautiful part of community building, like the ability to see people and the ability to actually deeply listen to people and not just commoditize um, people. You know, I think I learned that from my parents, just, you know, my, my, my mom and dad are just very caring and kind people. And I just try and be kind to every single person that I come in contact with. I really try and you know, remember the detail. I try and remember names. I try and remember how many kids you have. You have three girls, you know, I I just try and um, invest in people. I try to see people and I try and be present with people. So it's just important to me. You know, we do a couple of things with our team. It's very, very important to onboard people beautifully. So when people start with us on the very first day, well, even prior to that, like we send around an email to the entire team saying, hey, Kathy's going to start with us as our head of partnerships. Here's her email address. So before you've even stepped foot in the the head quarters like 45 people have emailed you going oh hey Kathy I can't you know can't wait to meet you and so nice it's lovely right so that that starts the that's day one of the experience and they get there they've got all the equipment they need they have a bunch of flowers on their desk they have some champagne they have all the tools they need to be able to do their job really well so I think onboarding is a really beautiful way of seeing people um you know we we do induction really well it's something that we've just really tried to invest in I'm also one of these crazy people that will sit down at the end of the year and write like 600 holiday cards and newbies that come into my business will walk past my desk and they'll be like, why is our founder doing that? Like, surely she can get someone else to do that for her. Like that's a waste of her time. For me, that is not a waste of my time. For me, that is how I've been able to build community through seeing people, through saying thanks, through being generous, um, you know, all that stuff. I think it matters. It definitely does. Um, but you're very unique and I mean, it's very rare to hear what you said that you have had the same person working for you for 15 years. Mm. I mean, that almost says everything. And I guess my question is when you are a great leader, which you are, and you're inspiring everyone. So clearly you're also inspiring this woman who works for you. And she, she now knows that she could probably start any business because she helps you run yours. And she's heard from every person from Liz Gilbert to Bill Gates to Diane von Furstenberg, but she stays with you. Yeah. What in the heck (laughs) makes that so, (laughs) but here's the thing. So I I'm, I'm writing my second book right now and I'm in such a already. 
Oh my God, this was the next one. I have so much time on my hands. (laughs) Um, And this has been something that a theme that's been emerging, right? The people that are drawn to me and I'm drawn to are entrepreneurs in their own right. So this girl that we're talking about, this woman, Amber, she has a business on the side and she manages that on the side. And I would say, again, I don't know the figure, probably about 75% of my people have a side hustle because they're that sort of people. They believe it's possible. Yeah. So they work like a hundred hours a week because they're working for you full time. And then they they don't don't. like one of our, um, our creative director has a little design business on the side, which is graphic design. Like she's not working a hundred hours a week, but she'll take on projects. One of my beautiful girls in our partnerships team is a Pilates instructor and and does that. And Um, I love that you're not threatened by that. You're just like, go for it. I want that for them. I want that for them. I want them to experience that. I want to be really wealthy, right? And I want to create a space where they want to come every single day and show up and they can do both. And it is possible. And I don't know, I think we walk through life with these constructs of, oh, that's okay for them, but it's not okay for me, right? And I think that, like, I'm not holding these people. Like, it's not like I've got, I'm sitting here saying, you have to stay, you must stay. They're there because they want to be there, right? That is one of the most unusual, amazing things I've ever heard from a leader say. Because it, it, it doesn't make sense, right? Like, if you are doing that, which is so inspiring, especially that's your business is to inspire Mm. women. And then you have women working for you and it's like, oh no, 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 no. You have a ceiling. Like the content we make and the events that we create are all for women to feel that they can soar as big as they want, but you work for me. And that doesn't make sense. Yeah. You know, and and no wonder, no wonder she stays because it's a yes. And, and you allow that for her, which I've never, ever in my life heard anybody say. Oh, well, that's great. I'm glad to be your first. I don't know. I mean, I just feel like if I want that for myself and I want that for all women, and I truly do, I think it is absolutely about having an abundance. Like I I have to be, I couldn't not be that. It's so important to me. Like I get joy from watching her. That's amazing. That's joy. Like there is no ceiling and there is no limit. And when the time comes for her to move on, she will do that. And 15 years later. Okay. I have a few more questions, but first a quick ad break. We all know how awesome it feels to get a handmade gift. And this holiday season, we can all get creative and learn how to make the perfect handmade gift with Skillshare's online classes. Skillshare is an online learning community with thousands of inspiring classes for creative and curious people. It's the perfect place to learn new skills, deepen your passions, and get lost in creativity. With so much to explore, real projects to create, and the support of fellow creatives, Skillshare empowers you to accomplish real growth. Plus, it's incredibly affordable. An annual subscription is less than $10 a month. I'm so excited about one of their new classes that I I think you're going to love. It's called Find Your Style, Five Exercises to Unlock Your Creative Identity, and it's taught by none other than one of my favorite people, Andy J. Pizza. He's a brilliant illustrator, artist, podcaster. He's such an amazing teacher and everything he does is filled with so much life and so much fun. One of the things he said in this class is that making art is about finding who you are and doing it on purpose. And I think that that is such a beautiful notion to carry with us as we continue to create and explore. He's amazing and you should definitely check it out. You can also try out their other classes in photography, graphic design, creative writing. The list is endless. So there's truly something for everyone. Explore your creativity at skillshare.com slash day job and get a free trial of premium membership. That's skillshare.com slash day job. My favorite part of the holidays is buying presents for all the people I love and for me. That means giving intentional gifts that they can use every day. And if they can cherish it for life, 
That's the cherry on top. Get 15% off your first Orate purchase. Go to oratenewyork.com slash dreamjob and use promo code dreamjob. Orate is jewelry for life in every sense of the word. They sell directly to you without the middleman markup. So you can get quality metals and diamonds for a fraction of the price. And because gold never goes out of style, Orate pieces come with a lifetime warranty. I am obsessed with their midi gold bar earrings. They're so gorgeous and I love that I can style them with pretty much any outfit. Sometimes I wear them casually around the house or if I have to show up on Zoom and I want to dress up a bit, these earrings are just such a nice touch in any situation and I really feel like my best self when I'm wearing these earrings. They're excellent quality for such an affordable price and that's why this holiday season I recommend gifting Orate. Right now, you can get 15% off your first Orate purchase when you go to oratenewyork.com slash dreamjob and use promo code dreamjob at checkout. That's A-U-R-A-T-E, newyork.com slash dreamjob, promo code dreamjob for 15% off. I think part of what needs to be shared is that you are one of those people who clearly time is relative and time stretches and, and you have this like, why is it or when it can be? And let's talk about the fact that you have six children. <laughs> okay. So that is another example of that where it's like, I didn't have to make the decision. Am I going to have a successful business or be a mother? Yeah. And I didn't have to make the decision. Am I going to have a child and have a business or have as many children as I want and run a successful business? So I'm sure people were, are very curious to know, how do you make that work? I get asked this question every single day of my life and I still stumble on it and I do not have a lot of answers for you. I mean, my kiddos, my eldest is 11. I have 11, nine, seven, five, three. And my new little guy is just actually six months today, today. Uh, he's six months today. That's so awesome. It's great. And I just don't see it. And it sounds funny. I don't see it as work. I see it as a privilege. I see it as joy. I see it as absolutely chaos and in a ways it's it's just a kind of beautiful challenge that I kind of we've set ourselves you know to okay how can we make this work so it's 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 that thing like we talked about Napoleon Hill you know and what is it a poor guy will see a huge house on the hill and say I can't afford that and a rich guy will say you know how can I afford that and that's that's sort of how we've tackled our parenting as well it's like okay how can we make that happen how can we make it possible that eight of us can get on a flight and buy the plane tickets and go back to Australia amazing. so it's just it's not that amazing it's just a challenge you know uh-huh. it's just a uh-huh. problem to solve like, yeah, a problem to solve. And and I talk about it in the book, it's about this whole idea of being pragmatic, not dramatic. Okay, so we're going to have to figure that out. We're going to have to come up with a solution for that. We're going to have to work that out. Okay, so let's go. You know, practically, yes, we absolutely have help um, in the house. We have two babysitters, one in the morning, one in the afternoon. Like I can tell you, you cannot do what we do without having another pair of hands. And I'm a very, very hands-on mom. Like I, my backside does not touch the sofa unless I'm like nursing my little guy. Like I am very hands-on. I live in California where our schools are mostly still closed. So we're doing virtual schooling. It's, it's nuts. Like I'm running from room to room to room and, you know, trying to work. I think probably the biggest thing, if I can give you anything, you know, I had a mentor very, very early on um, in my career when I first fell pregnant. And she said to me, you know, as much as you look at your kids and you're like, what are they going to become and who are they going to be and what impact are they going to make? Your kids are looking at you and asking the same thing. You know, they're looking at you and going, mom or dad, like, show me the way, you know, show me the way. So I... I'm inspired to be a role model for them and to try oh, figure out yeah. this stuff so that hopefully they can mirror and model some of that. And also this thing of kind of light touch parenting. And it's knowing that 
how they come out is pretty much how they're going to end up, right? And pretty much nothing that you and I do is really, really going to impact, like really, truly. You know, if they come out of that womb loud and kicking and screaming and pushing up against boundaries throughout the early, they're probably going to be like that. They're going to be like you and me when they're in their 20s and 30s and 40s. So I try and relax into that. Like I do my best to role model, like to model behavior I want. I try and be kind to everyone, right? And then I relax into, you know what, they're killing each other, they're fighting, they're, they're screaming, it's loud. That's cool. Like, I, what can I do? So, yeah, I don't know. I just find it, it's really fun. It's really fun for me. I don't see it as work. Oh, my God, I love that. Yeah, I think that the Western American culture is like we yeah. make it so much harder than it needs to be. Like yeah. Seinfeld was on Jimmy Fallon and he's like, so what's it like being a dad? This is like five years ago when his kids were still younger. He has three yeah. kids. And he's like, well, bedtime is three hours. You know, it's three hours because we have to do the mindfulness activity. Then we have to do the circle of feelings. He's like, when I was a kid, bedtime was darkness. That was the routine. Good night. Right. And it's like what you just said. I have friends who live in Jerusalem and they're like, let it go. Let them go to the Macaulay. Let them go to the store. You don't need to watch them like a hawk. I'm like, what do you mean? Like these kids, they can take care of themselves. I'm like, no, they can't. What are you talking about? Let me ask you this. Our audience is 90% women. And a lot of them are in these positions where they start building businesses and then they're, they're the breadwinner. Right. And I don't know if you have that dynamic in your, your household, but I have a feeling with what you've built that Mm -hmm. your husband probably doesn't need to work at this point. Probably, probably not for a long time. How do you as a woman still need him or still find a way to make him relevant when you have help? And you have it all. You can do it all. You're like fearless and you're just running it so well. Yeah, it's hard. It's emasculating for some men to be married to super strong and powerful independent women, right? And I met my husband through an entrepreneur's organization not 100 years ago. We've married for 13 years now. And so we met as equals, you know, we were both building businesses. We we're attracted to the dynamics of that. And for the first time I, I met a guy who wasn't threatened by me saying, Hey, like I work at 10 or 11, like this is what I do. And I love it. And I'm not, I'm not burnt out. And I, it, it fuels me and it gives me energy. And like, I had only dated guys up until that point who did not understand it and were completely threatened. So when I met my husband, he was the first one to, you know, not be threatened by it, but it's been a a ride. You know, he's had failed businesses along the way. And as my business and career has been, you know, soaring. So we've, we, I mean, gosh, there's no, again, no silver bullet. We are in therapy. We have been in therapy for the best part of a decade to, to talk about this. Right. And he, to his credit, he's amazing. It's not to say that he doesn't, you know, from time to time struggle with it, but you know, he's, he's really great. And I don't know, you know, it's this whole idea of, I can't do that work for him. Right. And I can love him and, but it's not my job to provide happiness. It's not my job to provide an opportunity for him. It's not my job to, you know, he's, he's got to show up and do that work. Such a beautiful thing to be honest about it. My husband and I are in that boat. And when we met, he was an attorney and I was an artist, like a struggling songwriter. And then I became a little more successful. And then I started making millions of dollars and nobody thought that that would happen. I, I don't think I thought that that would happen at first. He was like, this is amazing. And then it was like, wow, what, what am I supposed to do? And why do you need me here? And then I, you know, of course I 
why would I ask him to cook when I can hire someone who's really good at it? Why would I ask him to take the kids to school when the nanny who's 23 plays the better music in the car for the kid? And by the way, they love him. He's a great dad. He's a loving dad. He's a sweet, but it has really thrown us for a loop. And I think to myself, oh my God, it's almost like the more that I'm making, the more it's almost like a wedge in a way, right? Because people do need to feel needed and you have six kids. You're literally like queen. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that this is going to be important because there is less and less of a glass ceiling and women are phenomenal beings. And we're going to have to figure out how to still need this person, right? People need to be needed. And I'm struggling with that. So I figured I would ask you, but I I thought that was such a beautiful, honest answer. It's a big struggle. And I think in the same way that perhaps our generation, the generation before us didn't have the same role models of women in business and powerful women. Like there were, there were a handful of course, but um, you know, this generation has really produced a ton of ultra and hyper successful business women who don't need men or don't need partners. Right. So we're, we're just seeing that come through now. I think we need more role models of men who are navigating it and are finding their their value in whatever that might mean. I mean, it's, and it is, it's like being in the, in the reeds, you know, like my husband is wonderful with the kids. Like he's a fun dad and he does all that stuff, but yeah, it's, we need to do another podcast episode on just, I know what's one thing that he does for you that you need him for that no one else can do for you. I mean, you know, obviously the, the intimacy is, is something, I mean, we're in a committed marriage. So the intimacy is like, that's his job. So, you know, that's the one thing and that that's a challenge in itself because we have six young kiddos. So I generally don't sleep in the same bed as him. Like I haven't done that for so long. By the way, I am so happy that you said that because my youngest is four and it's only been like five months that we are back in the same bed because when you have little kids, I'm so glad you said, I just want to make this a thing. Like you're not weird if you don't sleep in the same room when there's a baby to nurse and somebody's screaming. Like last night I woke up and my four-year-old is next to my bed on the ground. She's like, I'm freezing. I'm like, you're sleeping on the ground now. I'm like, it's 420 in the morning. I really need to sleep. It's like, it's a nonstop circus. And I'm so glad that you, you see, this is why you're so successful because you're so approachable. You're so authentic. You're such a fantastic human being. It really, it's so fun. to to hang out with you. And the last thing I want to say before we go is that you have raised more than $13 million for charity. Yes, ma'am. How awesome are you? How could all of us start to carve out a little piece to be giving back? How do we know what a gift it is to get to do that? And how can you set us up to begin to start to think about making that a practice? You just do it you just start, right? So I have a personal practice that I donate to every single cause that asks me to do that, right? So if a member says, my kid is doing a walkathon, it's not, I'm not giving a thousand dollars. I might be giving $10, right? But you're, you're doing, yeah. But it, I'm doing that. I'm doing the, yeah, sure. I will take three minutes out of my day and I'll type in my first and last name and I'll f- find my credit card or I'll pop like, Good for you. and I do it. And it might be $10, but it doesn't matter. The universe doesn't know it's $10 or $10 million, right? Yeah. So it's just, again, reframing the mindset of, oh, I don't have enough money for that, or I don't have enough, 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 enough. So that for me is it. And then that will become bigger and that you will find the causes that you're most drawn to. And the way we've been able to do that is to, you know, gradually find the causes and things that we love and that we can impact the most. Right. And so I didn't start out doing that at all. Like I thought you gave money to, I don't know, like the Red Cross, like you you don't know 
Right. Yeah. And then, then you build that muscle and you find the things that align with what you're trying to do in your life or your business. And for us, that's about women and leadership. So we do these amazing leadership um, immersion programs to places like Bangladesh and India and Africa. And we take our members there and we sit in the dirt in the villages with these women and we learn from them about what actual leadership is. You and I have got nothing on leadership. You know, when you speak to a woman. Oh, forget it forget it. We have nothing like who has gotten their family out of poverty, like intergenerational poverty for like thousands of years, right? That is leadership. You and I know nothing. So we do that. And then suddenly you realize that you're giving that experience to your members. And so that has a ripple effect and they go out and teach that to their daughters or their communities. So cool. Yeah, you start, you just start. This whole conversation is about just starting. And again, it's not revolutionary, but you start with the $10 to your client's daughter who's doing a walkathon at school and you keep going until that muscle is built and you find the purposes and the causes that matter to you most. And then you start having a real and meaningful impact. That's how you do it. So beautiful. We had one of our students um, in my coaching program called Made to Do This. She said that she has this incredible program that helps women who've been through the trauma of sex trafficking. And she said, all these years, she's been doing 12 years of this ministry work for these women and men who've been through that, mostly women. And she feels guilty raising the money. Like, you know, and I I said, like, we got to turn this around. Mother Teresa said, it takes a checkbook to change the world. Can you just speak about that for a second? Because I think that there are people who listen to this show who who do want to be raising money for things. And again, there's a guilt associated as opposed to, oh my God, I'm giving you an opportunity to have a legacy and to have meaning. I don't know. I think you just got to check in and get back to your why. Like why the hell did you start in the first place? Why the hell is this important to you? Why just getting back to that is, is what's gotten me through 2020. It's what has gotten me through, you know, these last few months, just remembering why I started in the first place and I just think we've got to attach to that. I think we've got to return to that. We've got to return to the basic values and get out of our own way. Like it's just the ego. It's just the ego that's in the way of that, right? So it's not about, you know, deep down in your soul, you want to make a difference. You need to get that out of the way and just go forth. So get back to your why. That's what I'd say. So good. Tell us where we can find you. Yeah. 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 So I'm just on social. I'm really bad at social media. But if you want to follow me, I'm at Emma Isaacs um, and obviously at Business Chicks. Come join us. Please buy my book. Um, it's on Amazon. Target. 100% buy the book. I will be swiping up to it. It will be in the uh, show notes and uh, you can get it at emmaisaacs.com. I imagine it on Amazon and everywhere else. Correct? Got it. Yeah. What a pleasure. You are so awesome. Thank you. That was a blast. I loved it. That was one of my favorite podcasts for sure. How amazing is Emma? She is seriously Wonder Woman. Okay. Here are the takeaways. Number one, it begins with one person, one customer. Invest in that relationship and always think about what they want next. Number two, know who you are, know what you stand for, and know that you're not here to be liked by everyone. Keep going until you find your people. Number three, it's about practicing over and over again, seeing what doesn't work, and getting better at getting back up faster again and again. The beauty is in the attempt, not the outcome. Number four, get one paying customer as quickly as possible. It does not have to be perfect. Number five, you find the answers and the courage in the doing. Number six, build community by seeing people, saying thanks, and being generous. Number seven, reframe your mindset instead of thinking there's not enough or I can't do it. 
Ask yourself, how could I make that happen? How can I make it possible? And number eight, check back with your why. Return to the basic values and remember that deep down, you want to make a difference. You guys, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for showing up. It means the world to me to have your support. I also want to let you know, last week was very, very special for me. A little bit bittersweet because we finished Made to Do This. It was our third round. We had over 500 incredible souls graduate from my signature program, Made to Do This. In 12 weeks, I watched them go from what is my thing to starting to make offers. In fact, last week, our students made over $40,000 in putting their offers out because in our 12th week, we have them go ahead and start getting their customers and selling their products and offering their memberships and offering their courses and creating their service packages. And it's just such an honor to be a part of it. If you want to get on the wait list for the next Made to Do This, you can go to madetodothis.com. You can go to the link in the show notes or there's a link in my Instagram bio if you want to get on the wait list because we are going to start this program again in January and it will sell out. It is truly one of the things in my life I'm very, very proud of. You want to be a part of Made to Do This. If you want to go from idea to income in 12 weeks and really start doing what you were made to do, this is the program you need to be in. It is so heart-centered. It is not an online course. It is an interactive, real, connected experience that will move you forward because it's about the implementation. And between me and all the mentors, you're going to feel support and community, and you're going to feel seen like you never have. And it works. It works because I have a method that I've designed and I'd love to see you in there. So you can DM me if you want more information on Instagram. The link to the waitlist is in my Instagram bio, or you can look in the link in the show notes, but we're going to be opening up in January and I'd love to see you in there. Between now and then, please subscribe to the podcast. It's free. You can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify because we have so many good episodes coming up. And did this episode inspire you? Can you think of one person who would benefit from listening? If so, send a link to her right now or text a link to her or go ahead and post about this show in your Instagram stories and tag me and I'll repost it. I love you guys. I'll leave you with a song of mine and I'll talk to you on Thursday. The podcast is a production of Authentic. For more info on advertising in this show, visit AuthenticShows.com. So many times I chose to